Hello and welcome to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman and thank you for listening today. You can see more of my photographs at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. And uh, today I'm really happy to be here to talk to you about a few of the changes that uh, we're going to be making, uh, that I'll be making to uh, to the way that the podcasts work. And um, I mean, really, it's still going to remain a, a pretty relaxed deal. Um, as it's been uh, so far, it's just kind of me talking a lot of the time. But uh, I think there's a there's a real opportunity for me to uh, elevate the podcast and uh, and just make it uh, make it a more interesting piece. Uh, so so the intent of that is is really um, going to be to reach out and involve more people, involve other photographers, involve uh, other opinions and other voices uh, outside of the images that are my own and the, and the ideas that are my own. Um, and I think that that'll be, that'll be a good way to, I guess, just kind of interact with other people and start talking with other people and hopefully have, uh, have, uh, some means to have a, a more interesting conversation about photographs. And I think also about how Instagram works today or, or what, uh, what value Instagram holds. Not that it's going to be an Instagram podcast, but, uh, I've been kind of boiling over, uh, this idea for a few days, which is that, um, I mean, it's not it's not a new concept by any means, but Instagram is is really running away with the photography game right now. And uh, I think that a few years ago, you know, we were all really used to uh, working with Flickr and uh, 500px was another uh, site that that was kind of um, set aside for the photography community. And I understand that I get it. I post to uh, to those places often, but uh, but I never none of those services have really taken off uh, in the way that Instagram has. Uh, and I think that, uh, I mean, really most social data uh, represents Instagram as, as one of the fastest growing or, or still, um, what would it be like the highest margin of new growth? Um, I think is on the Instagram uh, platform uh, platform. And so, uh, so what I'm hoping to do is uh, with this podcast, it's going to be sorting out uh, a few Instagram images that are pretty cool or, you know, a few Instagrammers that, uh, that have had like some kind of interesting piece or, or just something that I think is interesting. And I'm hoping to just kind of talk with them about it, see uh, sort of what their interest is in uh, not the Instagram space, but just as their photographs. Really, I just want Instagram to be a way of exposing me to these new uh, photographers at a more granular level that I wasn't really able to ever do before, even socially before in the past when people were posting their photographs or their photography. Um, I don't think it had really pushed to this point um, in in the community or in the, in the culture of that community to have uh, to have so much granular talent in uh, in what in the photographs that are, that are present on that, that network uh, like we see on Instagram. I think what we really see is uh, is the development of um, of just so many, so much new talent, so many new people that, uh, that really are very talented. They have a lot of skills, uh, or they're just good photographers. They have a good knack for grabbing images and, uh, they have an interesting subject or they're interesting people and they're doing interesting things and, and capturing something that's cool, um, or just up to something that seems interesting. And I think that's a, a big part of photography that seems to maybe get, um, forgotten about sometimes is that, uh, we just like it because it's interesting or because it is the best thing, not because it really always looks the best or, um, or, you know, it has the, maybe the most to say. Um, but I think there's a, there's a lot to a powerful image that maybe isn't talked about that much, but it seems like my goodness, given how many times I see accounts on Instagram that seem to run laps around my photographic talent, I think, God, there has to be a lot of these people out here who are just really good or have a, have a really good, um, look to it or, 
uh, style to uh, to the images that they have. And so that's what I'm excited to do is trying to explore that a little bit more, trying to reach out to those people so that uh, so that both of us have a rapport with each other and that we uh, we get to talk about uh, or I guess share a little bit more with each other in the uh, the community of uh, photographers that are out there. So I think at first I'll be focusing as much as I can on um, on. I won't say local photographers, but I'm going to say uh, photography from the Northwest is, is sort of an interest that I have, but I'm sure it'll, it'll stretch out from that really fast. And I kind of loosely base it around that. I think it's going to be focused on outdoor adventure tourism. Uh, photographers and art directors and designers that are working in that field are the people that I'm, that I'm trying to get in touch with or trying to speak with, um, you know, that are going to have um, uh, accounts that are, you know, that are just kind of full and populated with all this cool uh, outdoor um, content and, uh, and also, of course, all the other photographers that are just associated with that or other enthusiasts, really. I mean, gosh, there's so many people that that are talented, like I'm saying, but they wouldn't really identify themselves as a photographer. I'm not trying to say that this is going to be anything too highfalutin. I barely qualify myself as a photographer. It's just I don't have another job um, to, to do something else. So I think a lot of these people who are rock climbing enthusiasts and take awesome photographs in these really peculiar angles and, and places with uh, with you know, fantastic cameras and light that's, uh, that's just around us all. Um, and since there's, you know, so much communication that happens on the internet, a lot of these people who were maybe amateur a few years ago, they've had seven years of that Christmas DSLR. Uh, they've had seven years of experience under the belt now. Um, they, they've worked with cameras for probably as long as I have because they're commoditized now. They're out there, they're around. They have their phone that has fantastic low light capabilities and they're climbing a rock wall. They can take a photograph, they can compose it just as well as maybe I could. I'd, I'd believe that. And, uh, and they'll be able to get out there and reach people, reach an audience uh, with these images. And so I think that's a cool thing. It's an exciting time. And I want to be able to reach those people. I want to talk to them. I think they have uh, some interesting uh, conversations to have. And I think I know enough people just in the Oregon area already that would be, uh, that'd be fun to call up and talk to for a few and uh, see if uh, there's any uh, photographic secrets they might be able to, uh, to be able to unleash on us. Um, Let's see. Today, I was going to talk about a few of the photographs that I've been uh, been posting over the last couple of weeks. And here in Oregon, um, it's been really cool. This northwest area is fantastic, uh, a fantastic growing region for chanterelle mushrooms. And I can't. Well, I, I'm not really sure what the legality of it is. I think that a lot of these places, even if it's BLM land, I think that there's um, there's a permit system in place so that uh, that people that are out looking for mushrooms or picking mushrooms are doing so commercially or are doing so so that they're permitted to do so. And I think the primary reason for that is because uh, false positives, the wrong mushroom you might pick is, uh, is a deadly mistake a lot of the time. And I think um, it's unfortunate there's a... Uh, uh, there's a few imposter chanterelle mushrooms out there um, that look almost like a chanterelle. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen one before. Uh, you might be able to. If uh, I'm sure you can, you can Google image search just about anything. But uh, but uh, they're this orange color, kind of this unusually warm um, sort of pastel orange color. Uh, and their fins, they kind of blend into the stem. And what it's not a fin. It's like a it's not a gill. What are those called? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know enough about mushrooms, but what uh, what I was trying to do was uh, was go out, find these areas where the chanterelles were growing. Uh, I think we didn't. We did find a couple spots, which uh, which was super. But we got a, a handful of cool forest photos, and that's what I was going to talk about today. Was uh, was working with the the I think it was a Canon 
uh, 60D and a 10 to 24 millimeter lens. Um, and I haven't done much landscape work with, uh, with a wide angle lens like that before or with a, with a 10 millimeter aspherical lens. Um, so I, what, what does that mean actually? That's something in photography I don't think I really know. But, uh, but this is the 10 millimeter lens. It's just real wide angle, but not a fisheye lens. Uh, and so I was working uh, with a handful of photographs. Uh, I, I think I edited a few of them and, and put them up on Twitter and then on Instagram. And uh, I really dig them. There's uh, this area um, east. Wait, no, that'd be the wrong way. West of the Eugene area, west of the Willamette Valley, there's the coastal range of hills that pop up. And from the Willamette Valley, they, they just kind of rise up uh, right on the west end of Eugene or, or right on the west end of, I guess it would be like Fern Ridge Lake. Um, if you go east of Junction, or excuse me, west, keep doing that. If you go west of Junction City, uh, you take off, uh, there's this series of mountain roads that kind of uh, meander through the, the, the whole range up there. And at least locally to uh, to a handful of those foothill areas that are there. I think they're roads that are supposed to connect um, the Junction City area to the logging operations that are going on in those hills. And there's really a lot of acreage out there and a lot of logging operations. I was surprised to see how much clear cutting had still happened uh, even back there in, in those sections of the forest. Um, but the as soon as you find one road back into the mountain range, it, it really just kind of mazes off from there. And there's all these other turnoffs and cutoffs that go down to sometimes dead ends, sometimes uh, whole new sections of the uh, the puzzle that are out there that uh, you kind of have to try and wrap your head around while you're driving around and try and keep everything straight. But uh, but it's a great spot. It's it's really cool. There's a, there's a paved road that goes through that whole area. And then there's these logging operation roads that cut off from the side of it and these other roads um, that, uh, that are just, there's forest service or BLM, uh, that are, they're there for forest maintenance purposes. Actually, I don't know what they're there for. They're there for me to drive my truck on, which, uh, which I'm really happy about. Uh, so I try to go out for uh, a couple, couple weeks in a row there, uh, trying to get out most every day to go to these locations or, uh, just these different, these different fields to try and see if, uh, if any mushrooms were growing at the time. So I took a few photos of this cool mushroom ring, uh, and my truck that I, that I found, uh, when we pulled off or I was just by myself when I pulled off to the side of the road, I found it. And, uh, it's this cool photograph of uh, one big mushroom that's kind of gotten there first. It's grown up. And then the mushroom ring of these really tiny little white caps are popping up around it. Um, and I think in the background, you can see, uh, you can see the back end, uh, the forerunner that I have parked over on the forest road. So I really like the, uh, perspective of the small, the, just the real tiny little caps, the bigger mushroom, uh, the forest floor, and then and then the truck in the background. Um, and so I kind of liked uh, how that one came out. I thought it was cool. I think uh, the other image that I was going to talk about, I had a series of three. Um, let's see. One of them is uh, is my friend Dave, who's walking up the, the center of this old uh, abandoned, or well, abandoned might be the wrong word, but this unused logging road that's, uh, that's now been blocked off. So you can't really drive up it anymore. Um, it's maybe, I don't know, six feet wide or so it's, it's, it would be hard to, you could get a tractor up there. It seems, um, if you were able to get over the, uh, the big berm that they put in the way of it. But, uh, it's this image of uh, my friend Dave walking into the sunlight up on the top of the hill. Um, as you can kind of see up into the, uh, the foliage, foliage above and all the deciduous stuff is really turning, uh, that kind of warm yellow tone. So there's a lot of, uh, warm yellows and warm greens in the photo, uh, that I, that I really like. So I, I dug the composition of it. It was cool, um, to try and try and work with that, uh, that real wide angle lens. And I think the two that, uh, I wanted to talk about most were 
these uh, these wide angle shots of the forest floor and then um, given the wide angle and how it, it really opens everything up or stretches everything out so much more um, you can really see in between the trees or I don't, well that might make sense um, but you can really see the space in between everything that's there um, and you can really see how everything kind of stretches out you can see from the forest forest floor all the way up to the uh, the sky above and you can kind of see where that sun is on the horizon line just kind of shining through the canopy um, from the side so you're getting this sort of um, undercut light um, through the uh, through the canopy of trees there and uh, get this really nice warm sunlight on the ferns and on the moss that's there um, so I think that that's another image that uh, I thought was pretty cool thought it was a, a fun one to grab and I think that's a lot of the that's most of the stuff that I've been doing uh, I was just really trying to get out into the forest and, and dig around and trying to find some uh, some chanterelles so I think I found like a bag's worth or so like it's you know kind of a, a, a big handful maybe like an arms full um, that was out there but but yeah it's really cool when you find stuff out in the forest that you can you just pick up and eat and you know you can it's pretty cool and it's so expensive to buy my goodness it's like 16 17 bucks a pound to get uh, to get these chanterelle mushrooms but uh, but yeah it was really cool it was cool working with that uh, that real wide angle lens, uh, and uh, it's cool doing some more some more digital work too. In fact, actually, I, I want to try and jump on that quite a bit more this next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna really move back into um, uh, focusing on working with a full frame digital SLR, and I think I'm gonna stick with the Nikon side of it. I kind of entertain the idea of moving to a, a Fuji uh, XTI or XT1 or or whatever whatever offerings they might have over the next year. But I don't think that that would be really the most prudent thing for me to do um, right now. Uh, I think it would be I think it would be really best to to work on getting a, a full frame uh, DSLR camera that's uh, that full professional line. Um, and maybe I spoiled myself early on, but I think um, I think it's just uh, the best the best tool to do the work with. Uh, so I think that's what I'm gonna try and focus on doing. I really dig using the F4 right now. I'm definitely gonna um, try and try and work out uh working with film quite a bit more but uh i think the other side that i want to move into is uh is like gopro and aerial photography i think that that's a that's a section of media creation that i just don't really get to work on right now um or i'm just uh, i just don't have access right i don't have the drone or the quadcopter and i don't have the uh the gopro camera to uh, to get those wide angle shots those wide angle videos um to kind of get that content set up and I think it'll be really necessary for me to do uh, sometime in the future here or, or for, for upcoming projects that I want to work on. And I guess I can talk to, to you about those a little bit too, but uh, um, it took a, I guess a small jump. I've had the Billy Newman photo brand and, uh, and kind of business set up for a, a few years now. I think since 2012 is when I got that up and running, um, but I'm trying to escalate it. I'm trying to bring it to the next level. I'm trying to do more with it. And so I finally filed my paperwork to turn Billy Newman photo into a proper LLC uh, this last week. In fact, I did it on my birthday to hope that I can keep the uh, the beginning date of the business and my birthday uh, all straight in my head. Uh, but I did it as a birthday present to myself. I figured I'm turning 27. I'm going to buy myself my own business. And that's going to be Billy Newman Photo LLC. I'm excited to get the uh, the paperwork back on that um, to have uh, to have a legitimate uh, licensed business in the state of Oregon, uh, which will be a lot of fun. I get to be a uh, professional photographer who owns a business. Wow. But it's valueless right now because there's uh, really no equity. I don't know. What, what would it be? A, a website? <laughs> or what, what is it? Um, so 
uh, the goal for 2016 is to really push that into actually being a business or being a project or uh, being something where at least my investment is uh, is focused. Uh, so it's going to be great to have that with it. I'm going to try and do a few more projects and I'm going to try and uh, set up a few more things that are a little bit more serious, I think. So focusing on photography, that's going to be a big part of it, of just building up landscape photographs, um, going on trips, getting things uh, accomplished, trying to get content created, trying to get branding content created and trying to re-engineer that for the 2016 year. A big part of it too, I think I might've talked about it before on the podcast is going to be working with, um, well, working with a print shop. I haven't picked who yet, but I want to do a series of 15 to 20 uh, canvas prints of like my nicest, uh, my best work. And I'm going to do a gallery tour. Um, and I want to try and get help of, um, of getting in contact with galleries, uh, finding out what they need or what works better for them. But with a lot of the local galleries and a lot of the local talent that I've seen, they have great work in there. Um, but I just shouldn't feel so separate from that. And I should really uh, engage it and, and try and get, uh, get my images placed, uh, or get these la- landscape images placed, this specific series of landscape images, um, printed on, I want to do like more than 40 inch or 50 inch prints, uh, canvas wrapped prints. Um, that I can hang in a coffee shop uh, or art gallery and just have a a real presence of those photographs. I really want it to look good. I want it to look professional. I want it to look like it really contains a lot of value. And, uh, and then I want to, I want to just push business cards and my name and kind of company information. And really I want to, what I wanted to do is just be advertising billboard space, right? I want to be able to put these images up, have people see them, have people enjoy them, have people at least express an interest in them or um, see if they're curious in it and then have that drive people to uh, pick up, pick up the card, see my name, identify myself as a photographer uh, or, you know, just get in, get in the business a little bit that way. And, uh, um, work on, uh, communicating with people. I think that's a big part of 2000, 2016 is, is the social game. The internet game is there. It's good. Building a community community is awesome. But I think that too many photographers now or too many people trying to do their thing on the internet, whether it's a podcast or a business or, uh, or you're an Etsy seller, they're, they're really only focusing on trying to sell their wares or, or, or capture that, that internet audience, this kind of phantom notion of a huge audience of people who are interested in um, whatever product or, or identity or brand it is that's uh, being sold. And maybe it's there. I should say it is there. It is there for whom it is there for, but it's not there for me. I don't have a huge um, uh, audience or a huge reach or a way of uh, really digging into people or, or marketing to people and getting them used to, uh, to what I'm up to or, um, you know, what my ideas are. And so I think that, uh, the internet's fantastic and well, I don't need to, I don't need to qualify the internet. What I think is that contacting people and speaking to them person to person or in writing or with something physical is going to be the, the best way for me to make an impression um, about my abilities as a photographer. I'm not trying to be a mass media photographer or a mass market photographer. I'm not looking to have, I don't know, 270 million Instagram followers who have, I don't know, a quarter of 1% of those follow a link that I have on a thing to drive business or traffic to a place where I have um, some sort of sales portal. Portal. I don't see that business model working for me anytime. But what I do see is, uh, is me reaching out, finding the right people, finding people who are interested in my art, finding the, uh, the market who likes what I'm doing and uh, trying to communicate with those people better and trying to communicate with them more. 
Um, and that's what I'm hoping to do in, uh, in 2016 as we're moving into that. The other side of things that I'm looking to do is um, build a photo business, do the gallery tour stuff. Uh, but I have a few extra projects that I'm looking to do. And, and one of those is going to be based in Eastern Oregon. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I might talk. I might, well, I think the podcast, this one, will probably just be an exercise of uh, doing the pre-production and the work to get this other project going. In fact, that's probably more and more what the podcast is going to be as uh, as years go on <laughs> or as time goes on, uh, as uh, however many months it is that I want to keep doing a, uh, a podcast recording every couple weeks. Um, but, uh, but what I'm looking to do is an Eastern Oregon documentary about, uh, the history of the native American culture and the migration of, uh, of humans, uh, over, um, well over the banks or well, just over the land bridge and then down into Oregon. What culture was it that was here first? What locations were they at? What archeological evidence uh, still exists now in Eastern Oregon that demonstrates that or what um, changes occurred that caused, uh, that caused them to move on or for um, other tribes to take over that area or what environmental things happened. Um, I think all of that's going to be interesting. And so what my hope is to do is uh, network myself, contact some people associated with the BLM forestry departments in the university of Oregon and, uh, and identify some people who would, uh, would be assets to me who could, uh, um, talk about or be interviewed for the archaeological or anthropological benefits um, or information about uh, about the cultures that were there in Eastern Oregon, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. So I think it's going to be an, an awesome project to do a lot of landscape work, a lot of landscape photography and videography or stock footage shooting uh, or aerial photography, which I'd love to get a chance to do for uh, for a project like this. And it would really just be trying to focus in on uh on just really interesting and uh well shot well lit uh landscape scenes uh and pieces and um and just kind of going through trying to find petroglyphs and uh rock ring or teepee rings where they build their teepees there's still monuments set up of the big rocks that they all moved into these circles on the high ground where their uh, their camps were set and so it's just these pieces of Oregon that I want to kind of pull out. I want to highlight. And I also want to highlight the beauty of Eastern Oregon and the, just the really cool, intense uh, landscape that exists out there. And so that's, uh, that's a big project for the 2016 year. I'm uh, looking to do some paperwork, pre-production stuff on that here in the winter and then get rolling on the shooting side of that during, uh, during spring and summer. Um, so I'm trying to sort out how people get an effective schedule. Uh, and that's, I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever done that. I've always been 10 minutes late, even on days I didn't have anything to do. Um, so I'm trying to t- understand, I guess now as I get a little bit older, maybe by the time I'm 30, I'll understand what it means to have an effective schedule. You think about, uh, about like the president or something, uh, who's just on the move all the time. He's, uh, he's got, you know, an 18 hour day. It seems every day, or you think of a character like that. You can kind of, uh, stretch yourself to understand what I'm saying. Um, and I want that, or, you know, I want to, uh, I want to try and uh, set myself up so that we get more done so that I get the podcast done so that I get eight hours of working. And so that I get uh, a trip out to a location, uh, to shoot photographs, you know, four or five days a week. So that I'm contacting people and talking to them about the, uh, the art or the, uh, the industry so that I'm communicating with gallery owners, that sort of thing, or so that I'm making a trip out every Saturday or Friday night and Saturday to go try and shoot, uh, rim rock in Eastern Oregon for a documentary about native Americans. Um, you know, I don't, 
I'm not able to do that sort of stuff right now. It seems um, as much as I try and kind of uh, hustle in different parts and, and try and move things around. But uh, but I think it's going to be uh, you know an effort of focus to to try and I guess just get more of what I want. You know, the week goes by uh, whether I get things done or not, and I'd really like to have uh, something under my belt or, or or just more more work done. You know, more uh, more fun stuff that I like to do. I love. Uh, a good bit of what I have to do. And, but, uh, you know, I get to be a photographer. I think it's a really cool thing. And I think, uh, I can stretch that myself. I think I can make my own room for it, which is what I'd really like to do or what I'd like to stretch out into more is, uh, is just kind of pushing the, the boundaries that or the, the little walls that I have on the business of photography that I, I normally do. And, uh, I mean, I get to do a lot of automotive photography, get to do a lot of uh, outdoor adventure tourism stuff uh, related to the RV industry. And I think that photo shoots like that are really cool. And I like doing that. And I want to expand on that too. I want to try and have uh, more contacts, more people, more interest in that. But uh, I want more of my time spent on doing just the most interesting or the most elevated, uh, type of photography that I can. Um, and I think that, uh, that that's, well, I don't know. That's what I get to do sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, but I think that having a structure, getting to set up a, you know, an intent to go out every Friday, camp, shoot, um, you know, build a certain set of scenes, have some goals. I think all of that will help, uh, help me be more creative, help me sustain some creativity and, uh, and the workflow too. I mean, gosh, I try and, um, to jump around again, I, uh, I've just started um, taking Hootsuite more seriously and I'm using Hootsuite to, to now manage my, uh, my social media feeds and I'm trying to identify these better ways to, um, well, just to communicate everything and then, and then how to, to really get enough content. I mean, I'm trying to post five, five photos a day um, or you know, five pieces of, or just five of the images that I have a day um, to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and perhaps LinkedIn uh, or Google Plus, I could see that being useful, but uh, I'm not too sure. I think actually my best bet is to duplicate Facebook accounts and to duplicate Twitter accounts um, so that that I can kind of do like some effort of remarketing. I don't even know if that's the right word for that. That sounds dumb. This isn't a marketing podcast and I'm not a marketer, um, but uh, some effort of like maybe I can say like, um, I don't know, like at outdoor adventure. And then I can put a bunch of photographs that I've made of all of the outdoor adventure stuff that I've photographed. And then I can draw on an audience associated with outdoor adventure and then kind of draw that back into, uh, understanding what photographs Billy Newman takes. Um, so that's kind of a uh, part of the idea, but, uh, but look forward to uh, a few more pieces that are coming up soon, a few changes to the podcast, or, or I guess I shouldn't say changes. I should say additions to the podcast. I don't think this podcast is ever going to be one type of thing, even though it seems to have been for the last 20 or so, but I'm really looking to, uh, to diversify it with a lot more, uh, well, just a whole array of different types of content. I want field recordings of stuff I've done. I want podcasts of people that I just kind of meet out or, or friends of mine that I'm uh, doing a project with or Instagram people that I get to, a chance to talk to and see, you know, where their creative style comes from or what their interest is or uh, what kind of photographs they're trying to create, how they kind of consider the creative process. I think that's going to be the best thing uh, for me to do to, to understand my own creative process better and to, uh, to really, I guess, just kind of move forward, elevate, push things further and uh, make better photographs. So thank you guys for listening to the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. We'll be back again soon with another episode. See you then.